Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, February 22nd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Many families have been doing remote learning for nearly a year because of the pandemic, and it's starting to wear on students. There will be times where he won't talk or really engage in any capacity for hours. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney will speak with families about virtual schooling. A federally funded grant is helping judges in Missouri and 12 other states learn the science behind the pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports. The nonprofit National Courts and Sciences Institute regularly teaches judges about emerging issues in science. The grant allows the institute to offer the COVID-19 training to more judges. Missouri Supreme Court Judge Zell Fisher is the institute's president. He says judges and juries will likely hear coronavirus-related cases where both sides will rely on expert testimony. Part of this training is to help judges be able to distinguish between real science and junk science. Fisher says the money still isn't enough to train all the judges who are interested. He's hoping those who have already participated in the online sessions will bring the information to their colleagues. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois' top doctor says it will take months for COVID-19 vaccine supply to meet demand. Department of Public Health Director Dr. Ngaze Ezike's comments are in a weekend Chicago Tribune opinion piece. They come amid complaints of shortages and difficulties in obtaining appointments. The recent blast of winter also delayed shipments and canceled appointments. So far, healthcare workers, residents ages 65 and older, and other essential workers are eligible for the shots in Illinois. The state's governor, J.B. Pritzker, today will sign a sweeping criminal justice reform bill. As Hannah Meisel reports, the General Assembly passed the legislation last month. With Pritzker's signature, the new law will make Illinois the first state in the nation to abolish cash bail, something advocates say disproportionately hurts the poor and people of color. The Illinois Legislative Black Caucus pushed for the measure during lawmakers' lame duck session in early January. Law enforcement groups are staunchly opposed to the bill and claim ending money bail will make Illinois less safe. They and other police advocacy organizations have also criticized the bill's passage in the waning hours of legislative session before a new crop of lawmakers were sworn in last month. The bill contains other provisions like strengthening Illinois' police body camera mandate and won't go into full effect for a few years. I'm Hannah Meisel. The Missouri Department of Agriculture is working to update how it trains farmers to apply pesticides safely. Such training has happened through in-person classes that included watching videos so old they were on VHS tapes. State Agriculture Director Chris Chin says the materials will be modernized. That means delivering them in an online format so that people can do this training whenever it's more convenient for them. You don't have to take a day away from your farm and go sit in a classroom somewhere. This is a training that you could do of an evening or on the weekend even. The U.S. EPA increased the requirements for pesticide training. The Missouri Department of Agriculture needs to be compliant with those new standards or the federal government will take over the training. It has been nearly a year since the pandemic first forced schools to close. Tens of thousands of children have yet to return to the classroom. 
For many, the long absence is starting to drag down grades and drain their love of school. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney spoke with some families about their experiences with virtual learning. Heather Vogt tries her best every day to keep her eyes on her work and at least one ear on her youngest child's lessons. We're, we're not worried about that right now. We're logging on, okay? We got to be at school at 8.15, so we log on at 8.10, just like always. But she has two children. I can't work and split my ears both ways. I'm, I'm splitting it one way with the kindergartner. Vogt's boys are in kindergarten and third grade in the Francis Howell School District, but they've both been in their St. Charles County home and attending school over the computer since last March. Jack, who's in kindergarten, likes school, Vote says. He's learning to read and count, but Vote wonders if he's keeping up with the kids who are going to school every day. Benjamin is in the third grade. Vote says he's good about logging on to school every day, but he's grown quieter and seems more reserved during lessons. I feel like I'm watching his brain atrophy in real time, okay? <laughs> so there will be times where he won't talk or really engage in any capacity for hours. Vote used to be a teacher, and she says balancing the need to be a teacher figure and a mom isn't easy. She tries to break up the monotony of so much time out of school with outdoor playdates. They seem okay, but um, I, I can't think about the, the long-range effects of, of this, you know, until we're there two years from now. Most of the technological hurdles of virtual learning that were sprung on schools last spring have been worked out. Virtual lessons run smoother, but school administrators around the country are reporting a sharp increase in the number of students failing classes. Other students have stopped showing up for school or logging on. Lisa Smith's son is a fifth grader in the Riverview Gardens School District in North St. Louis County, and he's doing well. He gives good grades. He, he's doing good. But she says he's not being challenged enough by virtual school, especially since some of his classmates are behind on reading and math. So he don't have no problem with, you know, getting up and doing it, but he do feel like it's not challenging enough. Her son also hasn't gotten much art, music, or phys ed over the past year. Smith says the lessons are often awkward to do from home. Riverview Gardens opened its elementary schools for a few weeks in the fall, but then closed them back down during a virus resurgence. It plans to bring children back next month, but Smith says her son will remain at home. In Webster Groves, Jennifer Finney's children are able to do music lessons over Zoom. She has two middle schoolers. My oldest does not like being on Zoom all day. It makes them kind of irritable by the end of the day, as, as I think adults can appreciate. She says otherwise, her kids are doing well with virtual school. They're a little introverted, which seems to help. While the Finneys plan to finish out this school year online, in her mind, the kids will be back in school in the fall. But I don't know if that's realistic or if that's just the easiest thing to, to focus on. Next month, the Ferguson Florissant and Hazelwood districts will reopen their buildings to in-classroom learning. It'll be the first time in a year that all public school districts in the St. Louis area are offering in-person school. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. 
Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.